Good evening and welcome to the Joust. A uh, bit of an important Joust. This is episode number 10. So uh, if this is your first time joining us, uh, thank you very much. For, we enjoy having you on board. But also, if you're a regular listener, um, thanks again. Liam, <laughs> how are you tonight? Wonderful, Nagy. They said we couldn't do it. They said we'd never be here. Episode 10. We had, we had, a, we had our naysayers, but... Uh, we're Almost everyone. <laughs> Where Almost are they now, everyone. the naysayers? Uh, Probably doing wonderful things with their lives. They've probably moved on to much better things. <laughs> I don't think they gave us much thought at all. Than listening to two blokes in the garage. But uh, no, it looks good to be here. And a uh, huge week. Huge week for the Joust. Thank you uh, all so much for joining us on uh, Origin Night, Origin 1, at the big uh, Joust takeover of Central Bar. Uh, what a wonderful night it was. And who would have thought that a size 11 boot held a pint almost exactly? And who would have thought that you could drink an entire pint out of naggy size 11 boot without succumbing to a horrifying illness? Well, my, my, thoughts, my thoughts was that any bacteria living in the shoe already lived inside of me anyway. Also, alcohol is sterile. It, yeah, it it's is. It's a good steriliser. So. Hey, look, and I didn't die. You so, didn't die. So not yet, unless it's some sort of yeah, slow burn. And we're all so happy about it. <laughs> but... Uh, we better kick off. Uh, Liam, have you got the sponsors for this week? I do sponsors for this week at Number 5 Gentlemen's Club, a uh, sneaky pie and peas after fannies at Harry's Cafe de Wheels, and the time that Gav Morton vomited on the seat on the limited stops from Central to Broadmeadow after South Sydney played the Papua New Guinea Kummels at Redfern Oval. That was what a time to be alive. It was <laughs> right next to my foot. I could feel the warmth from the, uh, the puddle. It was <laughs> thank quite you, something. Thank you very much, Gav Morton. Uh, much as, appreciated, Gav. As always, we should do our first sips to uh, Fulmine Bianco, the White Lightning, Nathan Ross. To the Ross dog. This is my first sip with a red hot coffee. <sighs> from Delicious. A, from a cup, I might ask. Uh, might uh, might say. Might ask. Is that uh, coffee Irish? <laughs> well, uh, not from the shoe. I should point Disappointing out. Disappointing and broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we should also Look, let's get into it As is tradition, ladies and gentlemen I'd ask you to please be upstanding For the National Anthem of Australia Oh, apologies uh, for that there Our uh, producer, Elliot's wearing some Strangely coloured clothing, and it it's, uh, seems to stay on the back in Rhinestone's disco ain't dead. I'm not sure what's going on there. I think, uh, Nagy, I think it might just be another one of his phases. He goes through a few. He goes I through do like phases. those platform shoes, though. Get some good height. But <laughs> goldfish are a bit uh, ostentatious, I think. <laughs> you know, not very humble. Now, Liam, big week. Should we cover the Knights first, or should we cover the Origin? Origin was first. Let's cover Origin Let's first. Let's cover Origin. <laughs> Cover it every day. To now, learn. to say that I was surprised uh, by the result is one thing, but I was, uh, yeah, I guess I could say I was surprised. No, I was immensely elated with their performance. Game, oh, the elation was second to none. Game one, typically a real tight game. Uh, often seen field goal, less than six points usually decides the two. But to, to, to wallop them up there by 24 points, 20, well, 28 to four, 
I don't know. I couldn't read by the end of the game, actually. <laughs> but what, like, just the... It was just a proper belting. It was just a proper belting, as you said. It was a well-built game. The foundation was outstanding. And the points came. That's all you got to do. You build a good foundation and the points came. Naggy. Now, I know we're getting into this very early. Do you think Mitchell Pierce answered his critics? He did enough. He did enough for me. Like I, I he did That's the, all he had to do. Well, that's it. That's, that's it. it. He, he, we relied on... Uh, look, he did get a lot of help uh, this time around from a massive game from Fafita uh, and uh, uh, a couple of other forwards that boycott it. Everyone had really solid matches, really controlling that middle uh, and giving him plenty of time. Um, and look, that showed. We, we were, early on, you could see that there was gaps uh, up the middle. The offload game was strong. People were supporting well. And uh, the first try to Maloney, and I think the second try to, to, to Pierce, was it? Twas, yes. Or was it the second try to Pierce? It was. You can't remember anything about the game. No, I, I can <laughs> remember Pierce's try, which was the second try, because I then stole the microphone and yelled at the crowd. Yes, yes. As we, rightly so. Rightly so. But um, but also, like like a lot of people talked about Fafita, he did get the man of the match. Um, but for me, it was James Tedesco. Oh, it had to be Teddy all day. He was amazing. Everything that... Absolutely incredible. He looked like someone that had been in that sort of... This is, guy, this is coming from a guy who... Doesn't play finals football. Uh, never. Ha- never. And, <laughs> never. And like won't until he joins the Roosters. Mm. Um, but but also played one Origin game last That's year. That's it? Just one. A single solitary Origin game. But you could have felt like that he'd been there many, many times before. I mean, this, the, the phase of play that summed it up was when he stopped Guerra in his tracks. Uh, Gu- and Guerra, are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, was it no, Guerra? it no, wasn't. It was, it was Matt Gillette. <laughs> Matt Gillette. Uh, Dullin over Price. <laughs> but he stopped him in his tracks, and then two plays later, he bungles Dane Gagai, the hardest man in the NRL, to tackle into touch. Yeah. I mean, Tedesco was just unbelievable. I haven't, was, I haven't seen a performance like that. Like, uh, like it reminds me of maybe uh, even like Minicello in 05. He just wasn't that, wasn't that good. Not that good. It but, was, but wasn't an amazing game of footy. I think what was that one handling error, which led straight to a Blues try. Two penalties. The, two penalties. The whole game. Was the it? refs put the whistle away, which I was a bit hesitant about at the start with Dylan Napa throwing his uh, forearms around and Nate Miles as he does putting his large melon in the way yeah but that's but uh, once we gained the ascendancy i was happy i was happy for them to have the re- the uh, whistles away yeah let them let them play let we them play with the shut faces. them up with the shoulders yes and we did and we did we did now it was outstanding it was yeah there was a, there was lots of good things to say about that game but look we've come away with a win uh we got queensland down in sydney in game two and uh look we, this is what we did in 2014 beat them up there beat them down here it doesn't matter what happens in game three we got the trophy so, Absolutely. So, look, it's going to be a massive game too. We shouldn't be counting those chickens before they, you know, create themselves in the egg. Because <laughs> there could, could be 12 eggs. Could be, could be just a dozen rotten eggs, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> I look, if we can keep the nucleus of that side together, keep the majority of the forward pack especially together... Oh, mate, history's in the making right here. Who decided that we should have eggs in lots of 12? Uh, <laughs> it's either 12 or 6 that you can buy them. What if you just want four eggs? That's a very good question. And then, who was the uh, the baker who decided that their dozen was a 13? I mean, the audacity of some people. I think this, yeah, people are just running their own races out here with the, the food market. Yeah, That's no, it. look, I think there needs to be a bit more regulation on the uh, food market. What if you just want 10 eggs? Just well, 10. you're fucked, aren't you? You're fucked, you can't. You have to throw two away. <laughs> you have to throw two away. Food waste. It's but, terrible. <laughs> but look, it's going to be very exciting, uh, Origin 2, and uh, I think we can announce uh, that we are officially... Going to be back at Central Bar. So if you look, if you're not uh, going down to the game, the, the next best thing is to come watch it with two pissed blokes uh, dressed up to the nines to 
to to uh, watch it with us, and we'll be putting on another uh, hopeless show. Yeah, no, look, we did. Uh, we managed to evade arrest after our horrifying performance in the first. Uh, sorry, behaviour. Great performance. Horrifying behaviour in the first uh, first game, and we'll be uh, hosting number two there as well. Very good. Yeah, it was very good. Very good. Thank you all for coming. Please come along again. Um, but uh, we can move on to the Knights. Um, oh God! And uh, all that elation quickly extinguished on the Friday night. Didn't it dissipate, Nagy? <laughs> yeah. Um, with uh, just a just a look, it was for for all intents and purposes the Swell the Swelladellas, <laughs> Cellar Dwellers, <laughs> um, playing uh, the 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 team which is most likely going to be. Uh, in the in the grand final of form I'd so say far, premiers they're playing phenomenally. Well, well, they look like they're going to get the minor premiership again. They just I hate how good they are, but they didn't have uh, Cameron Smith, the uh, the the refs, um, you know, lover. The as ref- far as I could tell from our stats, it's actually the first game Cameron Smith has missed since the nineteen ninety five Super League War. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't missed a game. He doesn't like he he shows up every week. Got to give him credit where credit's due. He's he's a remarkable player and a remarkable talent, but he is also going bald. He is uh, look, he's thinning. He's thinning, and he's hanging on to it, which shows that he, he he obviously wants to keep it. Well, that's it. And I mean, that really gives an insight into where he could have targeted the man had he played. You know, yeah. clearly he's hanging on. It's a bit of an insecurity. Um, you know, you get under his skin with a bit, hey, baldy, such things baldy. like that, as you throw the ball at his head or something. Hey, baldy, like give me the baldy. That's what you <laughs> could have. Uh, you could have done that. Um, but uh, yeah, look, even without Cameron Smith, that was just ruthless. The the you know. The way they Clinical. made meters up the Knights' middle in the first 20, 20 minutes, you were never going to come back from that. I mean, the Knights improved after 20, which is strange because the opening 20s traditionally this season been our strongest period. Our only period, really, where we're actually competing. Quite true, quite true. But, I mean, if you let a team like Melbourne gain such an ascendancy early on, making yards a will up the middle... For 20 minutes, you can't come back from it. Yeah, well, we've spoken about this in the past where we've let teams uh, hang on to the ball, uh, get the get the way of the rub the green and uh, make the meters in the middle and just score tries. And that's what they did. They were clinical when they got inside our 20. We didn't even see their 20. Uh, we couldn't have built any sort of pressure. Uh, and look, I thought they look they tackled their guts out. They tackle. I think there was only two tackles we had in their own 20, in their 20. So yep. we, we literally weren't in there for, for the majority of the game. But look... Melbourne are just too good at this, slowing down the ruck, playing their game, and unless you you when you when you get a bit of momentum, really throw the ball around and uh, ask some questions of them, they they they're very hard to be cracked. I think as well, one of the things that really uh, did a disservice to the Knights was they tried to play Melbourne's game against them and tried to slow down the ruck and got the hell penalised out of them. They got smashed in the opening half with penalties from trying to slow down the ruck, trying to play that Melbourne game against them. But it just wasn't clinical enough. It did not work. Well, we can't play that game against no. them. They're, they're much better at the, than us. And look, it's... And like what, Lockie Fitzgibbon got uh, 10 in the bin. Look, and we were trying to slow down the ruck. We're just, we're just not as crafty as Melbourne. Having two and three in the tackle, really being clinical with the with the getting three in there, peeling one off one at a time and just giving everyone an extra, you know, second and a half in defence. We, you know, we, we can't play that game and it showed. It showed. Which, and also, I think a part of that comes back to showing the inexperience of our skipper, Sione. Only a very young skipper, you know, a more experienced guy after two and three, three and four penalties might pull the team aside. All right, that's not working. Back to the score. Back to the slate, Yeah, if you will. Wipe it clean. But yeah, we... we, we do whatever you do with a slate. Well, I don't know. What is, I don't know. What it's not the, the 19... Slate? Zeros. Isn't it something you tile the roof with? Slate? Well, it's something you tile the roof with, but also before they had paper yeah. in uh, abund- abundant supply. They used to write on a slate in oh, school. Really? 
But then, but then you you worry like, what if you're writing more than four words? You can't write an essay on a slate. It's ridiculous. No, that's right. So, so yeah, but I think a more experienced captain would take his team aside, and say, look, boys, this isn't working. Let's try something else. Whereas the, the Knights kept rolling with it to the point where they were down a man for ten minutes of the match. Yeah, lucky for Skibbon. Look, he also scored a try uh, as well, which was good to see. I think. I think he's been... Uh, we'll, we'll jump into our hats on, hats off. So uh, hats off uh, to a player that we think did well. Your hats off this week, Liam? I'm actually going to go with uh, young Brock Lamb. Yeah, look, I thought now, he had a really strong first half. Uh, first half, yes, very strong. Um, he, uh, the Knights tried again a strategy that worked out quite well for them against the Panthers back three and the Raiders back three, which is to plug the corners, take him out of the game. Billy Slater obviously is devastating when he gets the ball on the full. Yeah. And so there was a few times, plugged the corners. Also, one of the big plays from Brock Lamb for me was when he kicked from the 30, I think it went to the, to the Storm's 20, and it found grass. Vunavalu collected it, but still it gave us a bit more yardage. It was a long chase, but it put us further into their territory than I think the Brock Lamb of old would have got us. Yeah. And his defense as well. I mean, that tackle on Felice Cafusi to stop a try, I thought he was quite strong in defense. I think Lamb, he's just slowly but surely, he's really improving. You can tell he's working on his kicking as well. Yeah, absolutely. His dropouts are going further. His kicks in general play, he's getting more distance. This kid's really working. He's working through the week, and it's really starting to pay off. Yeah, look, I think he's taking more control, like not having our uh, former fearless leader, Trent Hawkinson, in the side. An avid listener of the show. Avid listener, Trent. uh, A lot of time for you, a lot of love. Um, But it's... I think yeah, he's he's just taking his hold over the game. I think he's more of a more of a controller than Jalen Feeney, but Jalen Feeney plays a more ad hoc, plays what's in front of him sort of a game, and uh, and you need that too. Um, and look, I think there's definitely been signs from both players. Ask me four weeks ago what I thought of Jalen Feeney. Um, uh, it just in the side. I think he hadn't shown me anything of NRL caliber. He's just showing glimpses now. But look, there with with um, because he's not he's in a position now, obviously where he's not playing for his position he's not playing like in a center or a fullback role and saying like you know play well you next week play badly and see you later so he's he is developing more of uh, confidence in his game i think we'll see better stuff from him and like a lot of like getting to this point where we seem to be saying this a lot about um you know this that and the other this week's you know painful and uh, it's just like last year. I think you can't compare this year to last year. When Absolutely you, not. When you see the kind of players like Mitch Barnett, Lockie Fitzgibbon, uh, Luke Yates, Brock Lamb, Jalen Feeney, these guys are coming through uh, who, are, who are Knights products or Knights system products uh, that that are now performing at a level where, you know, sure, there might be... Th- they might get into the point, especially like someone like Lockie Fitzgibbon, who's who's coming off contract. It's like, well, actually, another team might buy him. You know what I mean? Like, we we have to say that that's not a luxury that we've had many times. A lot of the people that we that wouldn't be re-signed by us wouldn't wouldn't be re-signed by anyone. Um, so, but it just seems like they're 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 turning into NRL caliber players, uh, and I think that's I think it's a really good sign. It's it's a, a very good sign. And did you? Who's your hats off for this week, Nick? My hats off this week. Uh, look, it'd probably go to. I did that. Look, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll throw it to Lockie. I think the, just to see the the kind of player that he's had his like head through first grade in the last two years, and he's for me up until this year when he's got his um, chances in the last couple of games, he actually looks like that he's very comfortable out there, and as a forward, looks like he's you know dominating the tackles. He's got the confidence, like running for that try, like that was a that that like you're down, you're not going to win this game, but he you just kept like. You know, put the pressure on Billy. Billy makes a mistake and he plays from the mistake and scores. That's what teams have done to us 
all season or for the last you know super many years now so um it's it shows that the, the real fighter and someone with plenty of heart and playing with a torn um it wasn't a meniscus it was a torn Metachlorian. <laughs> um What's that from? Metachlorian. Oh, that's Star Wars. Jedi, yeah. yeah the yeah. blood. Well, yeah. They're, they're in the blood. Well, so. yeah. Travesty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no, when... Uh, so, yeah, I think he's just turning into a real NRL player. And yeah, uh, he's really developing well. I yeah, and like I, him. He's been shown faith by Brown. So, I think this is uh, someone... He's off contract this year, and hopefully they re-sign him because it's just someone that's that's really busted their way through in the uh, in the lower grades and, and, and come right through from the 19s into reserve grade, blah, 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 blah. And now he's, he's making a mark in first grade. And he play he can play for 80 minutes, which is a rarity this, this in this day and age. Do you have any hats back on, Snaggy? Anyone in particular? <sighs> yeah, look, there was... Like, I think everyone played not well enough, uh, but I don't think I was particularly upset with anyone. Um... Yeah, look, yeah I'm, I couldn't I'm, find I'm, anyone look, particularly woeful. Look, this is the they 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 were playing the premier side. Like you know, there was a few tries just allowed there. There was a, like, another forward pass was taken, like dubious yeah, forward pass. Yeah, Joe Wardle's forward. I thought that. Oh, that was a tough call. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of tough calls. And I mean, we, when you look at it, we're not going to be the only team Melbourne put forty on this year. No, absolutely they not. They are going to put forty on a lot of teams. Yeah, and I thought uh, with a, if we got a couple of those no tries in, or even like uh, one or two, we could have had like a forty points to twenty or a. Um, um, oops, sorry, just got a phone call. That's uh, sorry about that. Um, sorry, Brownie, we're uh, in the middle of a recording. Please call told, back later. I told him to call after the recording. I'll call <laughs> him, is what I tell him. I'll call him. All right. You're always bothering me. Um, oh, Brownie. Ah, oh, Brownie. Um, but no, no. Like I think oh, I forgot where I was talking. What was I saying? Well, I don't know. Something about. Uh, I just think. Look. This is going to be a. Uh, there's going to be games like this, and they're going to be against the good sides. And yeah, a couple of those no tries being tries and we could have um and it could have been like a 40 points to 20 sort of a game and i think that would have like i was pretty happy with that sort of if, mm. if we managed to get like three or four tries on on melbourne um yeah it's uh, but it, it was there a hats back on for you liam or was it no it was much the same you know no one stunk particularly bad no one stunk, everyone stunk equally. everyone sort of stunk equally which wasn't too much stink wasn't too much wasn't a lot of stink it was just a little bit of yeah. you know a little bit of residual stink perhaps yeah uh, and it was perhaps. down it was down there too it was, it was down there i mean who wants to get a melbourne it's just yeah. It's a terrible town. It's, also, where do these Melbourne? Get, where do they got that? You know, Vunavalu. Vun, is it Vunavalu? Yeah. yeah. Where do they find these massive Fijian wingers? Where, I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I think you know where it started. It started with Marcus Bai. Marcus Bai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, obviously, you know, he he wasn't the first big Fijian winger. You're looking at Noah Nadruku, I think, for that. But yeah, from for some reason, as soon as Marcus Bai came in the comp, Melbourne Storm decided we're going to get build. I don't know, an outpost of Melbourne in <laughs> yeah, Fiji. In Fiji, just a and little Melbourne. We're just going to bring them through. And, it, you know, it's like it's like your Chinatowns or your little Italys. There's a little Melbourne, Melbourne. in Suva, in, in Fiji. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny, you know, you've got all the beautiful Fijians walking around in uh, in sarongs and drinking out of coconuts. And then you've just got some... I think they call them Sulus over you there. you got some dickhead S- with a moustache walking around talking about his latte. And then, you know, oh, I'm in oh. little Melbourne. <laughs> little <laughs> Melbourne. That, and there's trams just rolling through. Oh. There's just there's no stops. Why have a tram? <laughs> That's ridiculous. But yeah, no. Look, I think yeah the the talent of the Melbourne Scouts to pick up Fijian wingers, it's quite something. It's something, all right. Look, we got we got Manly this week. It doesn't get any easier for us. Uh, Manly are on a quite a streak. I think they've uh, and we've got some stats here from our uh, regular stat man. Meryl, uh, Meryl Berganonov. Um, we do from uh, from Meryl. He uh, Meryl tells us, look. 
one of the big things we got to wrap up. Manly is second in the comp from offloads. Yeah. Um, Marty Tapao is actually leading the comp for offloads. Big man. He's a huge man. It's ridiculous. It's not fair that he's allowed to play against all the other little boys. <laughs> but look, what we really need to do is get that third man in the tackle, really lock Marty up, because that was uh, one thing I found the Knights were weak against Melbourne. A lot of offloads getting away. Yeah. Really got to lock up the ball, tighten it up. The other one is, uh, look, Melbourne force a lot of dropouts. They've got the most forced dropouts in the... Sorry, Manly. Yeah. Are we playing? Manly, we're playing Manly. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, they've got the most forced dropouts in the comp. And uh, again, that's something in the Knights. We've, uh, and maybe that's why Brock Lamb's getting so good at his uh, goal line Is that a lot of practice? He's had a lot of practice. Yeah. But yeah, he finally sent one almost 50 against Melbourne, which was good. Because at the start of the season, they were barely going 30. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think if um, we can really work on shutting down our line... Um, again, the positional play of Dane Gagai not being a full-time fullback yeah. could lead to some forced dropouts, I think. He um, can tend to be in slightly the wrong spot where that extra yard of a start would get him out in the field of general play, whereas he doesn't get that extra yard and gets trapped in goal. So I think we've really got to look at locking up the in goal, not allowing that ball to get in there. And the biggest thing for me is that, you know, Melbourne... Melbourne? Making meters at will. Oh, yes, this is a callback, Nagy. Okay, good. Making meters at will through the middle. Now, Manly score a, th- a full third of their tries up the middle. So we've really got to tighten up the area around the ruck. Marker defense has to be spot on. The A and B defender either side of the marker really needed to wake up. Yeah. Get their business together. Yeah, like there was some also some uh, word through the week that that uh, Bureau was a chance of playing. Oh, I saw Bureau just in passing. Um, when he came around to my house to uh, return some DVDs, um, but uh, he was still in a boot. Did he put them in the right case? Yeah, no, no, shocking for that. He's all over the shop. He's uh, you know, I had Die Hard in in Tomorrow Never Dies, and you know, I had, terrible. I had Flubber in uh, <laughs> in uh, <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. It was all over the shop. Um, but uh, he's but definitely not the Führer of DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, like he was still in a boot and he still was on crutches and that was four days ago, so it's um it's not looking like he's going to be playing this week despite uh the NRL app I think Fox Sports might have said that he's a chance. Look, if he does, he's a he's a miracle worker. Uh, but it, we we are hopefully that he's going to come back soon. Um, look, we're running a little bit over time for this half. Look, uh, we'll we'll call it half time there and we'll be right back for Liam's mail sack and uh, the pointy end of the joust. We'll be right back. Outstanding. Welcome back to the second half of the Jest. Um, best thing to happen in the break for Liam, uh, the, uh, the the liquid stain on his pants was in fact not urine. Yeah, no, it was touch and go for a bit. I uh, was a bit concerned, but gave it a quick sniff and it's just rainwater. That's excellent. It's That's quite, actually very good. It's qu- it's just above the knee too, so it would be quite worrying if it was urine. It, it would be, yes. And uh, worrying and surprising because my <laughs> penis isn't very long. So it would have Doesn't had to quite get fall, fall quite di- uh, quite a far distance outside the pants or yeah. inside the pant even that would inside have been. The pant, but it would have had to curve as well. It's like you know the the JFK the the bullet trajectory. How could the bullet have done that? No, whatever. How did the urine do that? How did there must have been a second pisser? There was a second pisser, is what there was on the, on the grassy knoll beside you urinating. <laughs> the second pisser from the bushy mound. <laughs> Uh, I can smell conspiracy uh, right there. Really? Is that what that smell is? <laughs> All right. Okay. It's conspiracy then. Cool. Well, we'll jump straight back into uh, the pointy end of the joust. Oh, uh, and it's a pointy end this week, Nagy. Well, I think I think we better kick off with, uh, firstly, 
if you listen to any of the uh, the NRL chats, uh, the big talk is around the underperformers of this season. Uh, Newcastle obviously doesn't get a lot of uh, mention in that because they've been underperforming for so many seasons. But um, but the big underperformer uh, was the the Panthers putting thirty eight points to nil on the Bulldogs, and uh, and as well as uh, South Sydney um, losing their last seven of nine. Um, and uh, now th- the question that I have is that looking at the the crowd attendance too, these are two teams that have seen recent success. Um, we, they had you know thousands, tens of thousands of people walking the streets when when South was were were premier, premiership winners. Uh, everyone became a South supporter. Yeah, very pride of the league, my left nut. Very quickly became South supporters. Um, Looking at you, Jade Honda. <laughs> they came out of everywhere. Like there was all these old like South stuff. Oh, this is my uncle who's no longer with us, and oh, he's. They, they sort of adopted these. Said, all of a sudden, everyone's from Redfern. That's it. And then now Redfern's not that big. <laughs> no, it's not. And then when it, when now when it's uh, when they're underperforming, uh, I think they're averaging just under under twelve thousand people a game. Um, and the Bulldogs, uh, we're also beating in in home crowd attendance. Where are these uh, the people that were that are meant to be supporting these these massive NRL clubs? Look, there's a saying Nagy that I've just invented for this kind of phenomena. It's uh, I think quite profound. I call them Nagy. What I call them is I call them fair weather fans. Yeah, yeah. Nagy, because what they do is they they hang around when the weather's fair. Their team's succeeding. The skies are blue. But the first spot of rain, of course, rain, I mean, metaphorical poor performances, they bail like rats from a sinking ship. Right. Now, run for the hills. They run for the hills as the rats do from the sinking ship. They go from the ship to the hill. <laughs> um, now, look, while it is a pretty profound statement I've just come up with, do you think it'll catch on? No, no, no. Fair weather fans? I hope so. All right. But, you know, and that's to me is the... The great redeeming factor of the Knights. We're not mm. fair weather fans. No. You'll note, like you said, we're, I think, fifth at the moment fifth. in uh, the NRL for average home crowds. Yeah. And this is a team uh, which my stats man, Nagy, has brought to my <laughs> attention. A team which has won five of our last 50 matches. Yeah. Now, that is a bad, bad rubric by anyone's standards. Anyone's. And, and yet... It's up around 16,000 people. And yet the people in. of Newcastle are still turning out. We're still loving this team. They're still red and blue everywhere. I think... What you'll find is that we're a very footy city, you know, and I've been following the Knights supporters page and there are, you know, people who are oh, they're a, reluctant. They're a reluctant. bit unfairly critical of the Knights at the moment, but it's amazing to me to see how many people will jump onto that and say, no, look, we love our team. We're real fans. We're going through the hard times because imagine how good it'll be when the, when the good times come. It's, you know, I think Newcastle... The uh, quite the opposite of this uh, fair weathered fan concept I've just come up with. I think the Knights are the ultimate bad weather fans. Yes, we just wait till we start winning. The stadium will be empty. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, what's all this sunshine and fresh air? I'm, I don't like. I'm going home to my house with the hole in the roof and, and just hold us <laughs> caked on the windows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Look, I think it's a a huge kind of. How do I put this? It's a, a certain it's a, je ne sais quoi. It's a je ne sais quoi. It's you know a massive compliment to the Knights fans that they despite, keep showing. Yeah, yeah, despite a horrifying few years. 
Yeah, look, it's and easy. And we're still coasting on 97. It's easy. We're to still happy really with are. it. We're still happy with <laughs> the it. The echoes of 97 2001. Oh, they're ringing loud. The echoes of 9701 are still ringing loud through the halls of our various institutions. But yeah, it's easy to support a team when they're winning. It really is. It's it's like, uh, it's just the easiest thing to do to jump on board to say, oh, I was always there. But look, Newcastle's fans are really sticking by us. Look, it's not going to last. Look, it's not going to be like, well, it's showing that it will last, if anything. Yeah, apparently it but will look, last, actually. But look, but you got, we've got to give them something back. And I think, um, like, that, that game against Melbourne, sure, but I think everyone was expecting it. That, that uh, Mel, As you said, Melbourne could do that to any side on their day. But I think, um, look, with a little bit of work, a few more wins, and look, this season is definitely not over. We're at the halfway point, and I think we, we, we've done a whole lot of growing and a whole lot more growing to, to do. Speaking of fans abandoning... Quickly, if we can leapfrog Wes off last position and finish the season in second last, mate, we'll sell out A and Z for our last game of the year. Oh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be remarkable. But hopefully. Nagy, speaking of these fair-weathered fans, yes. what have you got? Well, the the land of the fair weather, uh, of, of Queensland... Um, uh, uh, there seems to be a bit of uh, well, fans eating themselves, like you know, like a bit of a, a cannibalism of the fans, if you will, uh, of Queensland after getting a shellacking. Suddenly, there's questions over their their loyalty, the Queensland loyalty, their famous loyalty that that has kept this dynasty going, uh, and that now at the sign of one one little uh, you know chink in the armor, one little bump in the road, and then now the questions have come up: Does do we still do they still select the same team that has failed them? Look, Nagy, I've been saying this for years. I've been I've I've been on record as saying this for at least the last five years. It is easy to be loyal when you've got Cronk, when you've got Smith, when you've got Inglis, when you've got Lockyer, when you've got Thurston. That's the easiest thing in the world to be loyal to players like that. But the second that a certain player who we shan't name, which is a lot of the Queenslanders at the moment, have an off game, all of a sudden the you know, the knives are out. They're not as loyal as you think they are. Because of the insane run they've had with future immortals, I mean, you've got three future immortals playing in one side. That's never happened before. That'll never happen again. That also has happened numerous times over the last uh, 10 years. However, yeah. once it falls outside of those kind of big four or five players they've had, the loyalty thing kind of goes out the window. Justin O'Neill, great example. He's played a few games for Queensland, but all of a sudden he has a shocker and... The knives are out. Well, that's it. Aiden Guerra, obviously, uh, looks like he won't be selected again. Uh, Jacob Nate Miles. Nate Miles. I mean, he's, he's given more service to Queensland than most. 2015 player of the series. And they're, you know, they're ready to cut him like that. Yeah, well, that's it. It doesn't look like he's going to be selected again. Um, so they got Guerra, Miles, uh, I think uh, Jacob Lilliman, uh, who had a very, very strong game, uh, game three last year. Uh, or gave, well, got a whole series last year, I think, game two and three. But look, these these are the players that look like they're going to be cut. Look, the Queensland loyalty to me has always been a very... It, it's loyalty of convenience. Yeah. It was like look, I said before, you, you're loyal to those players who are going to win your Origin Series. The rest, yeah, you can chop and change them, whatever. It's well, easy to be loyal to players who are once in a generation and will win you a series. It's nice to look at the team now. And look, New South Wales, they're going to put that same team out there next game and uh, hopefully see some of the same sort of style of play. But for Queensland, there's a big question mark. Do they bring Billy back? Do they, you know, uh, are these players going to be cut? Who to come in? You have to put new players in. They've already got a bunch of new players in their side. So it's like, do you put Corbin Sims in for Nate Miles? Do you do you put there's a uh, Cohen the, Hess? Cohen they've got to bring. They've got to bring Cohen Hess in. Well, that's the thing now. That, I'm terrified if they bring Cohen and, Hess. And in. now they have Bennett saying that Milford's only going to be with the side if he's selected over Jonathan Thurston. 
Um, and so do you bring an injured Thurston back, uh, shoulder injury, and he's, he defends on the fringes, but you could give him a lot of uh, attention out there. It's it, it's risk. And suddenly Queensland's looking at risk, and they're coming to Sydney. It's a great feeling, isn't it's it? It's a bloody brilliant feeling. And you, uh, very that, good. And having a like a fairly new coach suddenly he doesn't want to like have a one and one after two, and everything looked peachy. A few injuries and cracks starting to show. But you know what, Nagy? Peaches get rotten. Peaches do get rotten. Peaches rot quick, they, they f- and they rot from the pit. <laughs> they rot from the very pit inside to their soft, fleshy skin. They fall and from you know, the tree, and they roll do? away. You knock them off the tree, and you piss all over them. <laughs> so that's we should, what we think about Origin. That's it. That's, that's true. That is nice to see. It's nice to see. But we can move straight into Liam's mail sack with all the uh, the questions that we get from uh, all the people, all the listeners. Liam, do you have any questions? I there? do. Now, this one's from Andrew Baker. Not a footy-related question, but we're going to go with it. It's very topical. Andrew Baker asks, and he states, he emphatically states it's purely hypothetical. Yeah. Surely would never happen in real life. Surely. Now, Andrew asks, if one has foot fungus and supplies his shoe to mm. a friend, knowing it possible that he may complete a shoey from it, is it one legally responsible for the transference of said disease to said friend? Well, Nagy. Will Baker, I'd, well, if, if that had happened, I hope you find yourself a good lawyer. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> good luck, Bakes. But I will say this in, uh, in Andrew Baker's defense. Um, look, Bakes, whatever you, you know... However ill your friend is whose shoe you threw at it, at us, it's no worse than uh, what's inside Nagy's shoe. My so very own if shoe. A, if anything, you were probably doing him a favour. Like, it, it might have been a nice refresher. It was like almost like a been, yeah. bit of a mouthwash after the uh, the first dousing. I've of, never done a shoey. That was my first shoey. Well, it was. It, you know, it's a great night when you have to refer to the first and second shoey. Like if you just said the time that we did the shoey, oh, which one? No, the first one. Actually, I'm going to give a delayed hats off to my shoes. So full of holes, yet they retained the beer. So well, too, yeah. Vans are well-constructed shoes, very well-constructed. Now, on a more footy-related question, we've got one Gavin Morton. Uh, one of our sponsors this week, actually. Gavin, thank you very much. Uh, this last week, this now this is a mouthful, this last week's rumoured night signing that will never happen was David Clemmer. Could you possibly expand on how much of a buffhead he is and how terrible of a signing he would be as a very highly paid leader of the pack, even given his pedigree as origin impact bench player and fourth best prop at the Bulldogs? Nagy, what are your thoughts on the Clem, the Clem chowder? I was speaking to a good friend of mine, Michael Rippon, who is uh, who's a, good, a, a good night's boy. He is. He's a good night's boy. And uh, and very astute young lad. And he, he was saying, like, as far as... You know, the Knights never said that we're going to make a play for him. But, of course, because he wants to go off contract, he wants more money. Knights have money. We're connected to him. But a signing like him, there's so much talent out there of a similar calibre that if we were to sign a 23-year-old front rower that's playing at the peak of his game... Uh, and we got him for three years. We could, you know, that could be, that could be, it oh, could be the best. That could be the best. It, but it's, it's. I'm thinking like when think, assuming that we could sign James Graham, which could happen, which well, it could happen. It's more likely to happen if if Clemmer wants more money and that they they're struggling to pay um, James Graham the close to a million dollars a season. Um, so that could we could work out in our favor that they could edge him out, um, but. Uh, outside of that, I think like that's the play that we need. We need like some uh, a huge signing like that. I'm not sure that Gavin's actually been watching David Clemmer <laughs> the last season or well, two. he just thinks he's a thug and he's a he's a big guy. But that we need a thug. You gotta have a thug. Can you imagine if we had Safidi and Clemmer, two oh, giants, terrifying, ridiculously sized men? And look, the other thing as well, you've got to you've got to um, assume from getting players like Clemmer, if God forbid we do get him. I mean. I'd love to have him. James Graham as well. They these players bring 
a level of experience from their time in rep camps. James Graham, obviously, yeah. has been playing for England since, I believe, the Rugby Football Union was uh, implemented yeah, in yeah. England in 1908. Um, and David Clemmer, he spent the last few years in uh, the Origin setup. You're bringing in more players with that experience in an elite culture at a high level. You're bringing in more players with an expectation of winning who come from a culture where you have to work hard to be successful and success is expected. Yeah, Which I think, again, with the, a lot of these young Knights players, because they've lost so much, success isn't expected. So if you bring in players from who have got a lot of high-level experience, they come from a place where they expect success out of that. I think like if we got a player like like of Columbus Calibre, it would be such a such a lift. It would be... Yeah, look, it... We, I would have thought by now we would have had at least one you know, signing of like a of of just an NRL player, just, anyone. just one. But like I can see it's a bit of a process, and I can definitely there's going to be more and more times like this where players are going to be squeezed out of sides because they're focused on more marquee and signings. We'll be there to pick up the scraps. Hey, we're the scrap team. Give us the scraps. We come around and like you know you leave it on your front lawn, and we'll be around with the truck. <laughs> we'll pick them up. We're uh, the council pickup of uh, the NRL. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them out. We got them. Don't you worry about it. Two to five working days, and it'll be gone. And uh, hey, if any other, uh, if any other NRL teams around the neighbourhood want to chuck their players on the same pile, we got them too. Also, <laughs> given the financial situation of the club, if you got an old fridge or anything, an old couch <laughs> you could put out, that'd be great. I'm sure the boys would take it. Maybe some old outdoor furniture. Maybe just like a glass table that's only got a few cracks. Uh, we'll find a use for it. We'll, f- we'll definitely find a they use for it. They got lots of strapping tape, given the state of Lockie Fitzgibbon's knees the other <laughs> week. They've got uh, they've got oh. a reserve of that. Oh, he's definitely got it. Yeah, that's his new sponsor. Um, mm. I, well, I couldn't think. Luca, Luca, the Luca stra- strapping tape. Isn't it a pain to get off the leg once oh, you've it's a nightmare. This, when you've like? What, are there, is there any like? Do you know any sort of old wives' tales to get it off cleanly? Or is R- it just grip it and rip it? <laughs> grip it. Would you Would you prefer to grip it and rip it? In like oh dry or would you prefer like in the shower? In the shower, it's got to be in the shower. In the shower, just to because it doesn't really help even in the shower. It, no, it no, still no. holds on. There needs to be some sort of adhesive dissolver. If anyone knows any adhesive dissolvers that get strapping tape off, because um, we need it. Oh, you you can't see, but me and Nagy, we're sitting here in comfortable chairs <laughs> and we're strapped to the wazoo <laughs> just to get out of bed in the it's morning. It's really cutting into the budget of the show. <laughs> It's not a very big budget. And cutting into, my, cutting into my circulation as well. <laughs> and it's not very good circulation. Please help. Uh, do we have any more questions there, Liam? No, that was it. The uh, the mail sack was uh, pretty light this week. Well, people got a big dose of us earlier in the week. Um, they might have just had enough of us. Uh, Understandably, I thought that would happen somewhere around the end of episode one, actually. So. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing that we've made it till it's 10. It's quite amazing. But uh, but Liam, you were also a bit of a uh, bit of a history buff. Uh, oh, I a, love my history. And uh, I believe uh, we've got another uh, origin special uh, blast from the past. Uh, yeah, who have you got for me, Nagy? Liam, I think we've got... Uh, is it Tony? Tony Tony Melrose? Tony Melrose it is. Now, Tony Melrose, he was a uh, a great player. Look, he played a lot of uh, lot of footy for the Blues. Um, Did he actually play a lot of footy for the Blues? I uh, don't know. My um <laughs> he was a, he actually was a dual code rugby player. He uh played for the Parramatta Eels, South Sydney Rabbitohs, Manly Seagulls and Eastern Suburbs. Played one game one for New South Wales. Solid game. Um he was the captain of the Australian Schoolboys Rugby Union team as well. Uh, played in that Schoolboys squad with the likes of the Eller Brothers. Yeah. Uh, future dual international Michael O'Connor. And uh, future Australian Kangaroos captain Wally Lewis. Few people remember that Wally was, in fact, a dual international. Um, but, yeah, no, look, Tony played uh, for 
a lot of first grade sides culminating in his one New South Wales Blues represent mm. representative game. Yeah. But um, look, he decided to take a bit of a break towards the end of his career. He really needed a bit of a change in change in pace, and he uh, he actually moved to to West Hollywood. West Hollywood. What did he do in West Hollywood? Look, he purchased an apartment building. Um, what did it? What's it called? The plate. It was Melrose's house. Wasn't it? I think it was Tony's place. Tony's place. Tony's yeah, place. Yeah, Tony's yeah. place. But yeah, no, he looked. Uh, he surrounded himself with uh, some sort of larger than life characters. Larger than life. He lived in that uh, particular apartment block from July 8, 1992 to May 24, 1999. Lived there for seven seasons. Um, and, you know, he was uh, surrounded by some. Some very dear friends, like you've got Dr. Michael Mancini, uh, his wife, Jane Mancini, I believe he was unfaithful and towards. Well, that's his... it. Well, Michael Mancini was started off as sort of like this uh, sort of well-to-do uh, husband, but it also turned into a bit of an adulterous villain. Oh, wasn't he? And Jane, his wife, of course, you've got to remember, she was a very, very promising fashion designer. Yeah. Um, you've got Billy Campbell also, who was the the struggling writer adapting to life out of his parents' control. Uh, dear friend, Alison Parker, the receptionist at D&D Advertising. And uh, I mean, Jake. Handsome really sums it up. He was the the uh, the struggling manual labor and motorcycle enthusiast. Really grounded the uh, the show. I'm sorry, the apartment the building. The apartment building, yeah. Really made it. Uh, but yeah, was it? It was Tony's place. Tony's place. Tony think, Melrose's place. Yes. I think it was called. Yeah. No, I think that was it. But look but at, yeah, look. I think you really got to give him a bit of credit. I mean, if it wasn't for Tony purchasing an apartment building, few of us would know about Heather Locklear. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Very, very true. So he's done a great service outside of the a game. Wonderful service. What a full life he led. Like, oh, look, it was a full life, <laughs> a very full life. And he's still with us, I think. Also, he's, I don't think he's past us. But I uh, hope so. I don't like speaking ill of the dead, especially after, uh, especially after his place uh, got shut down after seven seasons. It did. You know, it's a shame <laughs> after you know a, a, an apartment building you live in for seven seasons. You're with them every night. You're with them every night. <laughs> Seeing all these characters. Sorry, Monday to Friday. So Monday to Friday. <laughs> weekends he had off. Yeah. <laughs> But Tony Melrose, what a what a great blast from the past that is. Thank you so much, Liam, for looking that up. Uh, so that uh, does us also for another Joust. Uh, thank you for joining us for a very special 10th episode Joust. Yes. Uh, please uh, like us on Facebook as well as you can listen to us on uh, iTunes as well as SoundCloud. Uh, but keep an eye out, out for us on all the uh, all the social pipes. Uh, and look, if you like having a bet on the Phillies, head over head on over to see our boy, the Pony Boys. Pony Boys. On Bar TV. Hey, they, they know their stuff. They got some great tips. If you got if you like your if you like all your uh, your, your tipping knowledge uh, before you're putting your, your bets on on a, on a Saturday, the Pony Boys is the way to go. Just don't ask their advice when you're on the train on the way down to Royal Randwick because you will come home with nothing. <laughs> I can assure you of that. But yes, no. Thank you for joining us. And again. A huge thank you to everyone who came out for Origin. It was uh, truly heartwarming. And let's do it all again in two weeks' time. You'll be hearing more from us uh, regarding that big night. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for joining us then. Liam, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Nagy, a pleasure as always. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Another jest out. Oh,